Dynasty Podcast presents Dynasty Panelcasts, a live panel discussion with industry experts and innovative creatives. Hosted by Haima Black. No RSVP required. Okay. Thank you to everybody who came out here tonight to Chicago Athletic Association. Um, my name is Haima Black. I'm the host of Dynasty Podcasts. We are the first ever and longest running music podcast in Chicago. Uh, if you have not already, please feel free to give your email address to Natalie up front. Uh, that helps us keep you guys informed because we do free panels all the time. Um, we always want people to be able to come out to our events, attend for free, so feel free to give us your email and we will let you know when we have more kind of social and music and, and entrepreneurial panels coming up. Um, and since we have one tonight, uh, let's get to it. Tonight's panel is called Social Strategies from Chicago's Premier Influencers, and that's who I have here to my left. Uh, I have Evan Brown from Ear to Ground and Lorena Cupcake from Do 312, so let's give it up for them. And I always do this where I give you guys like the like bare minimum introduction because I would love, you're going to do a much better job of, of talking about yourself than I am. So, you know, feel free to let us know kind of like who you are, what your role is, what you do, all that kind of stuff in the creative space. I'll go first. Um, so I do photo video stuff for myself, but also I head that up for Ear to Ground. We do, we're a tech and media company. And also I recently started making clothes. And um, yeah, that's what I do in the creative space. I'm Lorena Cupcake. I am the social media and marketing assistant for Do Through and Two. I should probably get that title changed because I'm, I'm in charge of it. <laughs> So do through and two, our goal is to help you discover what to do tonight. So if you're ever out with friends, you don't know what to do, you go to do through and two.com. We're going to have event concert listings, festival listings. We're constantly giving away tickets. Um, we're just a one-stop shop for everything Chicago, whether it be where to get the best hot dog or, you know, the best dive bar or just what's happening tonight. Um, and then I also am low-key an internet personality myself, possibly. Yes, uh, I would say absolutely. <laughs> you know you know how there's like there's like New York or LA famous, but there's like Chicago famous, which is a much lower level. I'm like Chicago <laughs> internet famous, so I have like four K followers. It's not that impressive, but you know. I'm not the chance of uh, of Twitter, but I'm the Taylor Bennett, you know? So uh, <laughs> oh my God. There we go. So I guess that leads into our next question, which is um, Talk about the role that social media plays in, you know, either of, in both of your professional lives and, and even your personal branding. But just talk about what role social plays in your day-to-day. -day. Uh, for me, super important, obviously. I mean, what would I do without social media? Like go outside or something? No. <laughs> um, so social media is very important. Obviously, I'm doing visual art myself. Um, it's a great place to share that. Uh, there's a lot of apprehension with visual artists, I feel like, about sharing stuff and putting it out there. Um, I've always kind of just had a F it mentality. Are we allowed to cuss? Yeah. Oh, I've always had a fuck it mentality. There we go. And just been like, I'm just going to, you know, share what I create on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so for me, it's like a creative outlet, whether it's tweeting and being a part of the conversation on Twitter or um, sharing my photos and videos on Instagram or just looking at what other people create. Um, for me, I love that. So very important um, in the day-to-day. -day. And then obviously for brands, like what I do for Ear to Ground, it's integral um, to our business. And it's like, you know, 
we have a tech software that we use and it's kind of robust and a little scary and like people kind of shut down a little bit when you approach them about technology oh we have this tech platform but with the media it's you know everyone wants to see cool videos and photos and stuff so it's like a an icebreaker um a conversation starter and um just kind of a an important thing to get people to see what else we're doing so we we use it as a catalyst with ear to ground um to kind of introduce the technology yeah yeah Social media is just the way that you communicate with people. Um, you know, the message board has kind of died down, except maybe Kanye to the the. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and just, I think people, a lot of people consume media passively. They're not necessarily going through their bookmarks every day like they did in the AOL days. They're waiting to get served the latest article or the latest news to just come to them in their feed. That poses a lot of challenges, like when you have Facebook trying to block you from getting that information out there. But it also has advantages if you can just speak directly to people and be on their phone all the time, just popping up, um, you know, platforms that you can utilize for a little bit more immediacy, like, uh, like Twitter. Um, it's just a really good way to start a conversation and keep it flowing with people. Um, and then also, I just use social media to constantly vent every single thing that's happening to me <laughs> at all times, which is also very important, I think. So, you know, for each of you, what platforms do you feel the most confident on or that you utilize to kind of its best potential? Like, where are you most comfortable online? So Twitter. I'm a Twitter person. Twitter is awesome for both personal relationships, I think. Most, like, if you're in media at all, journalists, editors, everybody is on Twitter. They're friends on Twitter. They're getting to know each other on Twitter. They're sharing friends. You know, you, you see that you like person A and B, but you, and they're talking to person C, and you're like, maybe I should follow person C. Um, I think it's a really good way to build connections Facebook is really important as far as driving traffic goes. Uh, like I, like I kind of hinted at earlier, there's a lot of challenges involved in that. Um, it's not the most business-friendly or user-friendly platform. It really prioritizes, you know, their own ends and means, their own priorities over, you know, your happiness or your message getting out there. Uh, and then Instagram, you know, it's owned by Facebook. So right. to a similar extent, you know, I'm not going to say that Twitter's amazing. They've got a huge harassment problem and a huge problem with not banning Nazis who are openly using their platform to be Nazis. But Which should be a no-brainer. Yeah, it should be pretty easy. Like, hey, maybe these white supremacists who are using our website to be white supremacists, you know, maybe we should ban their accounts? I don't know. I feel like two years ago, like, if you had asked people, like, are Nazis bad? They would have been like, let me get back to you. They'd just been like, what? Why are you asking me a stupid question now? What does this mean? Yeah. 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 Um, for me, I'm, I was an early adopter of Twitter um, due to... Uh, work time boredness at a boring job i was like oh okay new app social media app uh this is 2000 late 2008 and very early on Shaq tweeted at me and i was like okay i'm sold i just talked to Shaq. i had an interaction with shaquille o'neal that was nothing. So I've always loved Twitter for that reason because in the, in the early days especially, like there was tons of celebrity, not celebrity, but just famous people 
musicians who like there was a lot of interaction on there um still to this day i feel like it's the most interactive and the most like ongoing conversation so i'd say twitter is uh, a big fave of mine and then for me like i said as a visual artist instagram obviously is very important and i'm one of those people who got into photography because of instagram so in a way instagram like shifted my perspective in life which is crazy but i instantly got into photography which has led to videography and all this other stuff now so Twitter and Instagram are like my go-to. Facebook, I, I just have such a hard time still. But I do use it, and there are a lot of useful tools on there. It is not friendly, like Lorena said, but Facebook. And I just completely stopped using Snapchat, actually. When, yeah. the, when the Instagram stories came out, I was like, I just don't see the point for doing both. I feel like doing both is like very try-hardy, and um, for brands, it's maybe necessary because you, you just like are trying to reach as many people as possible at all costs but um i don't understand the point of doing to myself for that so that's my very rihanna strong feelings it. on snapchat yeah <laughs> rihanna killed it rihanna oh that well then now that, that you know i took on this, but yeah yeah i'm a hipster on the you know fuck snapchat train but yeah look what they did see i knew it uh and and both of you have you know, experience, whether for like, you know, brands that you work with or your own brands, like both of you have experience, you know, approaching these platforms from a personal perspective where it's like, hey, this is my own account. And then this is the brand account. Like, how do you differentiate between those? And do you see better engagement from like your personal accounts on different platforms or your, you know, the professional brand side you're on? So for my personal side, I feel like I'm just myself. I have no filter constantly. I try to restrain myself a little bit. Like Lorena said, it's like you just get in this, I just vent constantly on social media. It's actually not the most unhealthy way to deal with stuff, and it works. Um, with brands, the only brand I've really managed social media for is Ear to Ground, and we are very much a, like a journalistic kind of quiet um, perspective of where we just kind of let the, the photos and videos um, speak for themselves. We don't do a lot of writing. Um, so it's really like not copy heavy at all. Our social media, I don't really have to do much. It's really just sharing the content that we create um, with video and photo. And as far as engagement, um, it's weird because as a brand isn't like a tangible person. And a lot of my social media um, I feel like engagement is from real life people that I know. I have a, like an expansive real life social network. Um, not that social media is not real life, but I have a very um, expansive real life friends, professional network that engage with me a lot on my social media. Whereas with the brand, um, it's, you just have to like be making cool shit or people probably don't care. Um, so yeah. So I th there's a couple different methods that I would say that I use across both personal and uh, professional social media. You know, I've managed uh, social media for Deuther Into. I also help out with Cocktail Summit and uh, Logan Square Arts Fest, which are like one-off events that happen in the summer and the fall. Um, so I think some important things to keep in mind to get people to engage with their content. Um, there's either like a call to action uh, so you, when you want somebody to do something, click on a link, enter a contest. You want them to perform some sort of action. So you have to put a clear call to action in your messaging. 
um, letting them know what's going on. You know, I'll have sometimes an internal write about a contest at, you know, this contest is happening at Chop, or this concert's happening at Chop Shop, and they're like, go see this band at Chop Shop, and they don't put in what the band sounds like, and they don't put in, we're giving away free tickets. So you have to, you have to give somebody like a reason why they care. You gotta tell them a little bit about the music, um, and then you have to give them the, a clear call to action, you know, go here to enter tickets. Um, I think those things are really important. Another thing I think is uh, really important for engagement um, is allowing people to share something about themselves, asking questions. Um, I think we've all seen like a tweet that blows up with a million quote tweets that's like, what's, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. One that's been going around is like how, you know, how black are you or how Indian are you or people are where they're like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so Mexican that my like all we ate growing up was like mayonnaise on, on tostadas and stuff. Um, but just like giving people those, um, just sort of like a viral platform to share something about themselves and share their opinions and and ideas I think that grows way more organically when you're just ex if you're like hoping for a retweet on something where they're just sharing your information um, a lot of people are not going to want to be a megaphone for you they're not going to want to spread your message just to be nice to you people will help you spread their message because it's they're sharing something about themselves because um, people are, aren't interested in just being a mouthpiece for you. People are interested in having their own dialogue. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of success just kind of um, opening up conversations with people and using our posts as just a, a springboard for people to just express themselves. Yeah, and you know, talk about the role of content in the conversation on social media, because I know for me, like, when I put out a new podcast or when I announce a new panel, I see a lot more engagement with that than I might if I'm just like, this is my thought about this episode of Black Mirror. Like, it seems like if you have content that has some, something that people can connect to, that can be a really powerful tool, right? Definitely. Um, you want to go? No, go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. Um, for us, that is, we rely heavily on the content. Like Lorena said, there's amazing tactics like that to drive engagement, um, to ask questions, to get people to express themselves. But for us, it's, it is pretty much sharing other people's, with the artist profiles, that is our most successful and heavily focused content that we're creating at this point. And that is very much just shining a light on things that we think are cool, um, people that we think deserve attention because of what they're doing. So it's really just presenting other people's amazing work and what they're doing in a visually appealing way, um, a very easy to consume, like one minute, boom. Um, and then, you know, we're trying to come up with more creative ways um, to ask questions, but around um, the videos, the documentary stuff that we do, um, it's really, um, it's more about shining a light and um, kind of educating someone about something they didn't know about, maybe. Um, so, yeah. Did that answer the full question? I think so. Okay. Yeah. No? Wait, what was it again? I was just talking about, like, you know, how it is having, you know, some people just go on social media and they just talk, which is great. Like, but, you know, I think there's a lot of value in, like, coming to social media where you have some actual specific content. You're like, here's a podcast, here's a video, here's a photo, here's something. I guess, like, what role does content play? Like, you guys just did the Lollapalooza announcement today. Yeah, I was, oh, you know, I, was, I did have a thought on this. Um, 
if you if you figure out what kind of content your users like or your if fan base audience likes, lean in um, and use that to kind of strategize what your messaging is in the future. Um, like you mentioned, we just helped announce Lollapalooza today. For Do Through and Two, Lollapalooza is a huge deal. Um, the vast majority of our users like Lollapalooza, want to attend Lollapalooza, have attended Lollapalooza. Um, it's, it's a huge event, and it, the demographics just line up very perfectly with the young concert goer that we are targeting. Um, so that means that you really want to just lean in. You know, you want to give the people what they want. If they want to talk about Lollapalooza and hear about Lollapalooza, like, I'm going to make sure that there's a lot of posts going out centered around that and that we're, you know, talking with people and getting excited with them and getting ready for the lineup drop. And, um, you know, I'm going to have contests going out, you know, where you can win Lollapalooza tickets and things like that, um, just to try to just grow our audience by giving them what they want, you know? I, I, I might have, like, a weird noise band that's, like, playing some super, like, underground show, and I could, like, post a million... Yeah, I could do a million tweets and Facebook posts about it, but it wouldn't necessarily result in audience growth for us. You have to know what your audience cares about and then give them more of that content. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, everybody in this room, I would imagine, is probably somewhere, you know... Well, there's probably a lot of... Pers- but like, let's ask this instead of me discussing. Like, how many of you guys um, categorize yourself as some kind of artist, you know, using social media? Okay. Um, students couple like entrepreneurs on the brand side kind of so good mix so there's a lot of different types of people here but everybody's kind of probably using it for some I, brand building on some level so what are some misconceptions you know you see or, you know or mistakes when it comes to like artists or entrepreneurs or just people using social media what are some things they should watch out for this is kind of silly, but I see it all the time. Automated cross-posting between platforms. Yeah. If your Instagram, it's just like half of the caption and then like a link to the Instagram post gets auto-posted to your Twitter or, the, you know, the, you can set it up between any platform. But I, all the time I see these brands and they have a Twitter profile, but it's all of it's just Insta, like Instagram auto-posted. I'm like, oh, baby, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not good. Um, and I just want to point that one out because it, it is something that I see. Uh, press photos, and maybe it's kind of a weird thing to talk about for social media, but if you're artists, it's really important. And if you're on the side with me, I'm the social media manager who's writing about all these artists, I'm, I spend so much time looking for a decent press photo. And I see all the time that people took the time to get a press photo taken, but it's not a good press photo. Um, I could just run through it. Uh, the Facebook algorithm prioritizes a photo that's in color and that's focusing on a human and or t- multiple humans. Um, it's clear. It doesn't have text on it. It doesn't have any sort of graphic overlay on it. You know, even if it's just some sort of pretty vector design, it's going to read that as text because it's just a stupid machine and it's going um, to just, I don't know how to say it, downvote you in the, yeah, in the algorithm. Yeah. Like, it's going to hurt your reach. Um, so I see lots of artsy black and white photos and lots of photos mm-hmm. with no faces in it and lots of, you know, 
collage work done over a press photo and I just I know that that's not a good photo for Facebook and I feel bad telling people that but uh but I also want to, I want people to go out and take good press photos and then a thing too um you know press in the real world in addition to just uh, social media like print and things like that um a cool thing that happened to me once I got written up as the best new music blogger in the Chicago Reader's Best Of so you know that big you know best of Chicago issue when you open it up on the music side it was like two pages in and then there was a full page article about me and I was like what and it was it was literally because I was the only person who had sent in a high-res print ready image everybody else sent in like this tiny ass like Instagram and I was like no I have like a real image from a photographer it's like print ready you can so they printed it like it was a half a page of the reader and I got that's actually how I got my do uh, my job at dethrowing too is I got so much good press off that uh, being the best new music blogger in the Chicago reader so do not underestimate the power of a good press photo you know, if I can add uh, to that really quick, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Um, if I can add to that really quick off of what you're saying, Lorena, two things. One, when we publish posts on dynastypodcast.com, I can't tell you, and you know, generally we're focusing on a lot of like up and coming Chicago people, so they might not all have press photos. Can't tell you how often though we have to go to somebody's Facebook page and just take their best profile picture to put something in the blog. And the other thing that I will make mention of, uh, to your point, so we have a um, producer, Natalie, who's sitting in the front row, and she started taking, like, really good quality photos of our guests with a real camera. And literally, like, I looked at our analytics from the week before we started using Natalie's photos on social media, which are high resolution. They're, like, very clear, very nicely lit. The week before and the week after we started putting those in social, our downloads for the podcast literally doubled. Just, I mean, the content's the same. But the strength of our social, like, it just increased so much when we had a really great visual presentation, even though it's an audio product. So, yeah, 100% what you're saying, like, having great quality visuals, I just think that there's so much value in that, and that can really move the metric for your content. Those damn algorithms. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm not too overly critical of how people or brands use social media, but I guess bouncing off that, um, I would say a bad thing they people do is not understanding the algorithms and not um, quote unquote like feeding the algorithm and giving the algorithm what it wants because um, you should do that if you want your you know content to be successful and engaged with yeah so I'm not too overly critical about that um, maybe we briefly talked about before this like musicians artists lately we've been getting submissions on ear to ground for our artist profiles like a lot of people even just like commenting on our Twitter or Instagram saying check out my new music but also people you know DMing us asking us to profile them which I think is just kind of like um, an opposite approach you should take as an artist I feel like if you're really creating things that are worthwhile you know building with your with your tribe with your people like it will be seen it will be noticed um, so don't force it and like try to jam what you're creating down other people's throats I mean it's good to share your stuff obviously online but I don't know that's Really, the only finding the right balance. Find the right balance. Yeah, don't don't be too. Um, and that's another thing. Don't be too promo heavy. Um, but it depends on your brand, really. Some brands, you know, stay focused on themselves. Other, I know on our Facebook, we're doing a thing right now where we're sharing other people's stuff as well. So it just depends on your yeah. brand, I guess. Yeah. So you know, we're talking about what not to do, but what are some? Whether it's your own story or you know a brand or a person that you saw that you took notice of. 
what are some success stories of successful social campaigns or strategies or just something you see that works on social media that you go, right on, that was a good idea? I guess for I'll talk about um, some targeting that we did. with um, We did a profile on photographer Bianca Garcia, and we have our, um, our friend, colleague Armand does... Um, ad targeting on Facebook and he targeted like um, young Latina women who are photographers or aspiring photographers that like Chance the Rapper or something like that and um, the he spent maybe like $10 on the ad spend and it had tens of thousands of views it blew up and there was hundreds of people in the comments engaging and tagging their friends um, like oh my gosh this could be you this could be us um, so that was cool to see it kind of like take a life of its own it's like our first piece of like mini viral content with I think it had like 100,000 views or something on Facebook um, which is great because we didn't spend hardly any money on promoting it kind of just took a life of its own so that's um, a success story that we had Um, but yeah any content with very great targeting um, if you have the right people I recommend Armand Valentine Um, (laughs) he um, he did a great job with that and it really can take a life of its own which is amazing and you can't predict like virality um, of content but you can do there's things you can do to kind of increase the chances of that happening Um, one of the most successful campaigns I've ever run uh, or just a thing that I did was cool, that I was cool. Uh, Last year we did a contest for Lollapalooza tickets and you know, it's a really high value prize. So really good incentive. Um, And the way I ran the contest uh, is that I didn't just do a a retweet to win contest. I did a quote retweet with, you know, the the person on the Lala lineup that you want to see the most. Um, And it just blew up. It was huge. Uh, and I don't remember the numbers, but I have them written down somewhere. But just like so many hundreds of thousands of people saw that tweet and interacted with that tweet and quote tweeted that tweet. Um, and it just is going back to what I said before about letting people share something about themselves. I don't think that would have performed nearly as well if I just said retweet this tweet and had people try to you know spread my message for me. It's just way better if you can get people on board to add their own messaging, add their own commentary, add their own flavor to the sauce. Yeah, absolutely. I think making it personalized, absolutely, that's really valuable. Ties into what you said earlier, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Evan, to go back to something you talked about, you know, you were just talking a moment ago about uh, the reach that you had with this video, and you guys, you know, you paid $10, which is... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, not a huge amount of money at all. No. Do you feel like it's necessary to add kind of paid promotion into the mix? Do you think it's possible to run a successful campaign without it? Where do you guys fall on that? Uh, it depends on the platform, for sure. I think, um, for and it depends on the content, what you're pushing. It depends on how much money you have. Um, that's the most important thing, I think. Because um, if you have money, the question there's no question, yes, you should be spending money on everything you post or everything you share. Um, for us, we're just now starting to spend a little money on Facebook only. Um, and it's doing great it's it's a very low spend does a lot for a facebook business page um and i imagine with 2312 you guys use it frequently for all sorts of stuff but we are just starting to use it ourselves and i'm on facebook i'm seeing the benefits i'm a little skeptical how that would work on twitter because i don't ever engage with any promoted stuff on twitter um and instagram's kind of the same way so um, I think Facebook is really the most practical place to do that. And also the algorithm punishes you the most as a business page if you don't spend money. So it also feeds into the 
feed the algorithm thing where you want to make the algorithm happy and favor your posts. And to do that, you have to spend even just $2 or $3 on a post can do a lot. Yeah. So I do think if you're a business, it needs to be built into the business's operating budget. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's obviously depending on what sort of results you're trying to get. Um, a thing that I have to deal with a lot is a case where we have sold a certain amount of impressions. We've told an advertiser that you will get this many impressions on this piece of, uh, you know, on social media surrounding this content piece, or we're going to get this many page views on this content piece. And if you if you sell somebody a really big number and they give you a little stack of cash to make that number happen, you know, you're going to have to spend some of that cash to make it happen. You're going to have to advertise. Um, I, think, I think it's just really important when you're, to know when you're going into that conversation um, how much am I going to charge this, um, you know, this company for something. You need to, to have it in your head that there's going to be operating costs on our side too. So to build that into the contract, build that into the agreement that you make with them. Um, I think for... I don't think there's any use of advertising like on the personal side of social media. I would say that would be so weird if you like promoted your own tweet or Instagram. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I see it. Do that. I see it, and I I'm, I yell at my friends. I'm like, you are so lame for the, your Instagram picture. Like, really, really, like your picture of Chicago. Like, wow, yeah, I'm gonna hire you for a job now. No. <laughs> like, but yes, I feel strongly about that. You're too. mean to your friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exa- that means I love you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just think that uh, Facebook has a pretty good return on investment, as Evan said. You can choose what you're trying to target. You know, am I trying to get page views? Am I trying to get impressions? Am I trying to get engagement on the post? Um, you can choose where people see it. You know, or do I want to reach people in the Facebook story? Do I want to reach people in their feed? Um, and I think it actually helps to keep targeting kind of, I guess my, my experience is a little bit different. Like he talked about how advertising targeting really specific can, can help, um, like reaching the right audience. But if you're just trying to get the most amount of people to see something, it can, for me, I honestly just promote to like people in Chicago, like all the time. Like you're 21 to 55, you like music festivals? Like here's a post for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, sometimes I, I think that, I know sometimes I'm talking with other people in social media, like a client, or I'm working with somebody at a brand or a, a club or a venue or something, and they're like, okay, well, it needs to be people who like this band, like a, a small band, you know, who, from Chicago and at, like these ages. And I'm like, this is not that many people on Facebook. Like, <laughs> you, you got to make sure that you're not narrowing yourself, narrowing yourself down so much that you're not reaching anybody. But you also want to reach the right audience. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, you know, we got a couple more questions and we're going to open it up to audience Q&A here. Um, You know, talk about the value of organic engagement versus followers. Like, is one more important? Is one more, you know, does one hold more weight on social media? Like, what's the value of having a large following count? And then what's the value of having a really organic, solid kind of engagement strategy with your audience? I think they're both pretty important. I feel kind of weird about the judgment behind like engagement rates um, as a visual artist because I was as a f- like a freelance photographer. Then when that was my brand, it was called Evan Brown Photo, very redundant and corny. But like my photos used to get seven, eight hundred likes on the regular. Um, and then when I switched to doing video stuff, my stuff dropped immensely and even I started doing film photography and just stuff that was kind of 
a little different flavor than what I was posting. And my engagement went way down. And I don't feel like, as an artist, I felt fine. I was like, it's a little disheartening, but it's like, I felt fine because I was doing what I wanted to. Um, so for that, it didn't really matter to me. People do, it carries a lot of weight though. It's weird, especially with, I feel like, people that are a little older, they'll be like, oh, you have 15,000, oh, you're a big time, like, you're a celebrity. Um, people, and another thing is people take you more seriously. It's kind of weird. Um, but now with the purchase followers, it's like, it's very hard to kind of see through. And if you use it all the time for a living like we do, um, you can kind of tell when people have purchased followers or purchase engagement. Um, you know, you'll see an Instagram post with, people with very generic comments that aren't relative to the content at all. It's a red flag. So really it's kind of a matter to me separating like the real from the fake. And it is, I guess when you see someone with a great organic engagement with maybe not the most followers, just take notes on what they're doing. Um, and maybe I've, I know my friend Juan from Nini's. Anyone go to Nini's? Mm -hmm. Juan is like engagement King, um, he's so good at it. Um, but I take little pieces from other people, things I see that are successful um, with what they're doing and try to implement it into what I'm doing. He's with, someone we reached out to about this panel, actually, and, and he was like, it sounds cool, but it didn't work with his timing and schedule. But oh, he was another one I wish like, he would have told me. On the he would have been here. No, yeah. okay. <laughs> I just interviewed him, actually. It was fun. He's a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. This is just going to be the great. how much... That Thank was you. so good. Yeah, this is going to be the How Much We Love Wani from Nini's panel. Yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, um, I, I think... I can FaceTime him in. Should we do that? <laughs> Pull him up. <laughs> um, I think the follower number is important because people notice it and they do judge you a little bit on it. And I think getting verified is kind of important too. We didn't mention that, but I, I think it... it it's I'm, a lot of times I'm, I'm like, is this the right person? Check. I'm trying to get the blue check. I've been on the mission... I've never reached out about that, and I feel like it's... You can't anymore. It's one of those now, things. They've just they've now shut it off. There's no reach-out process. There's no reach-out process not, anymore? Nope. Oh, nope, my gosh. Nope. You got in while the getting was good. Oh, yeah. I got lucky. I had, like, a friend at Twitter and then, or, you know, a friend of a friend. Yep. Um, so that, that young verified check helps a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, and so does having, you know, just a higher number of followers. But I think that if they're not engaging with your content, if they're not commenting, if they're not sharing, it's, you know, it's like, what does it matter? And that's definitely a metric that I think any, any like professional social media job should be judging you on, you know, like what percentage of your followers is actually engaging with your content. And if it's low, you know, you're not doing it right. Yeah. I have one more point on that. Yeah. I kind of got this like gift and a curse on Instagram. There was like this crazy bump on Instagram like two or three years ago where they were suggesting all these users as the platform was growing crazy. So Instagram would suggest a user and they would get 50 to 100,000 Instagram followers. And at first it was like a referral program where they would like refer one of their friends, but then it transformed into them just kind of like picking people. And like 10, this one like year, like 10 of my friends, people that I hung out with and shot with all the time, became suggested users. Mercedes, were you one of them? No. Uh, Mar okay, Mercedes' boyfriend, Marcus was. And Marco, and he basically, along with a bunch of other people, I got all these like residual, like, it's also like, it's new accounts that were, would see the suggested user thing. So all these new accounts, 
and now like 90% of them are inactive. So I have, and I would get residual followers from, because once you follow someone, pop up, oh, you should also follow Evan Brown, actually on Dirt, you should follow him. And so I got all these residual followers and none of them, I think, use Instagram anymore. They're just, I have like 10,000 probably just ghost followers that are just hanging out and they make my engagement rate look horrible. That's a thing. A lot of Instagram users like dealt with that, and they're in, like at first it was like, oh great, 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 and then all their engagement like plummeted. Well, and on that note, and we're going to do this and one other question. How can anyone in this room, anyone who's an artist, a student, a brand, anybody I know is general, but like, how? What are some steps you can take to start to grow your audience on any social platform? Like, how do you develop that audience? Because I feel like people in here are probably like, well, that's awesome. You guys all have a following, but like. I have 97 followers on Twitter. Like, what are those first steps you take to start to build out? I think friends should put friends on. Like, there's so many rappers I started listening to because they're homies with the other rapper that I listen to. And I think that it's very similar. Like, there's so many Twitter accounts that I followed because they're homies with this other Twitter account I followed. And without that cosign, sometimes you just don't know. Is it quality? I don't know. Um, and it's really tough you know, Evan mentioned earlier, it, it looks a little desperate when you're like, follow me, you know, like engage with me, <laughs> yeah. listen to my music, do yeah. the, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes to just like do that outreach to people. But if you have people doing it on your behalf, then I think that that's a really good way to grow your following. And how do you get people to promote you and, 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 you know, to, to help, how, yeah, how do you get people to promote you? You promote them in turn. You know, it's a little little bit of back scratching, but I think it's also being part, like an engaged, an active part of a community. Um, you know, if you're putting other people on and you're friends with people and that they all know you as like a good, fun, cool, interesting person, then they're going to kind of shop you around to their other friends. Yeah. I'm kind of naturally uh, like a conduit to a lot of different people. I'm like a connector of people before I was a photographer or any of this other stuff. So that's always naturally been a thing for me. So like synergistically putting people on just like by introducing other people to other people and what they're doing. Um, so there's a lot to be said for that. And the, you know, the community and the connectivity of, you know, a group of people. Um, but real life, doing things in real life, I was a shameless promoter of myself in person. I would be just out and about doing everything. Here's a business card, here's a business card for a couple of years, which grew my following a lot. But then the most recent, for actually for like, uh, for about a year or two there in that weird period, I was talking about how the, the engagement on Instagram kind of drops like two-ish years ago and I actually lost like, 100 or 200 followers for a good period of time and then I did an art show in January and I gained from the art show from so many people coming and putting it on their Instagram story or on Twitter or wherever I gained like 500 Instagram followers overnight and a lot of them like 50 of them I knew who they were they're kind of like I don't know, other people in the creative community in Chicago, people that I knew what they were doing and now they were like interested in what I'm doing because they saw it via someone else's Instagram story. So the real life stuff is still, I feel like, kind of like a cheat code to grow your social. Um, trying to do it on social is kind of difficult. It's without, or you could spend money and just do it instantly um, if you're a brand, yeah. Just like 
um, basically with Facebook, yeah, you can spend money to target people just to like your page. So there's a lot of different calls to action you can use on Facebook, but that, there's specifically ones to get people to like your page. So that too. Well, and that was going to be my last question. So we can build on this subject of like real world engagement because for me, I've been doing this podcast 13 years. We started doing these panels six years ago and it was night and day. Even the first panel we did, we like, we filled up the room we were in and the, the best feedback I've ever gotten on my podcast has been in real life has been when we do things like this and there's people in the room, even if there's 10 people, even if there's 100 people, I have found so much value from my digital content by putting it in the real world. So I get, you know, and Evan, you started talking about this, but like, you know, talk about how you can take your promotional strategy, bring it out into the real world, because I think it's easy for us to forget that there's a world outside of our screens. I just like talking to people and meeting people. And I'm kind of just a nice person, I feel like, in real life and enjoy community and building with people, collaborating. Um, So it just kind of translates pretty easily to social media. So really, that's it. I just kept showing up to East Room and then everybody (laughs) would go, I know you from Twitter. (laughs) And then I would go back to Twitter and make jokes about East Room and then they would get retweeted and then more people who went to East Room would recognize me. So I don't know if that's a good strategy for bridging the IRL. You're like royalty at East Room though. I haven't even been in months. I feel so bad. (laughs) That's what what everyone says, but it's rarely true. Rarely true. Everyone's like, no, I haven't been there since last summer. Um, But I actually just thought of something um, with so with photography, what I was doing, I moved to. I'm not from Chicago. I'm from Springfield, Illinois. So I moved here almost three years ago, and I just started going to shows. There was already musicians I knew about and was interested in, um, so I would go to shows and take photos. I would know nobody at the show, zero people. Take photos, and then you know I'd see Saba, and I'd say, "Hey, oh hey man, like I love your music. Like, um, you know, I'm Evan." I'm a photographer. Can I take your picture? Yes. So then posting the stuff on social media, being good about tagging people, not coming off too tryhardy, just like being myself and trying to just, you know, contribute to the culture here. Um, so I was, did that for like a year and that was huge. Uh, you get tons of people. I mean, that's directly though, me going somewhere in real life, doing something in real life, taking photos, and then where people actually remember me or realize who I am is on social media when I'm sharing the photos um, or the videos. So it was huge, um, that real life to social media um, stuff for sharing my photos. And now I work with Saba. I'm going on tour with him. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm sorry, I'm very proud, very proud. <laughs> Um, right on. This has been incredible. We covered a lot of great topics, and I'm so thankful for you guys for taking the time. Uh, Evan Brown from Ear to Ground, Lorena Cupcake from Do 312. Let's give it up for them. We're going to open it up to Q&A here in just a moment. Uh, my name is Haima Black with Dynasty Podcasts. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty... Dynasty Descend.